reminded this is steve zimmerman and we are with uh, always as he takes a drink trying to talk to him <laughs> nick coffer what's up nick what's going on steve i don't know if i like this whole new video thing you can see what i'm doing i know and you can see my my uh baby face right well just just so you guys know we'll start recording these videos and posting them on what we get a youtube or a rumble channel or we'll get something yeah because you should see steve's setup it's all black i have to look at this dumpster behind me look at this dumpster light right on his face it looks like he is in an aft interrogation room i have to because i am a freaking pack rat and there's so much junk in my little gun corner down here it's embarrassing so i it's all it's all just stacks of ammo, guys. That's why he blurs it out. Stacks well, and well, stacks of nine millimeter ammo. Yeah, you can't see anything in this corner. Just so you know, that is. Uh, yeah, I'll just hide that this whole time. Oh, there it so, goes. Dang it! Oh, jeez. We took a break last. We took a break last week. Uh, yeah. Everybody heard our first episode without Mark last week. I think that was episode one fifty three. Yeah, so how how things how day. things been for you? What have you been up to? Uh, well, see, since it was two weeks, uh, I I think I've told you I've been I've been doing some like weekly training stuff uh, with Adam Boyce. I think we talked about that before. But Friday, I helped him teach a a, a handgun class, basic, I guess you call it basic skills class. Uh, and you might be thinking, where in the hell did you get ammo? Well, we used cert guns the whole time. Or zert, zert, yeah, so zert, zoot suits. I don't remember what they're called. I guns. saw that he's he sent me a picture. He's got like ten cert guns, and they're all in Hoftac holsters except for the left-handed ones because I dropped the ball on getting those <laughs> out for your class. But let's talk about that. I want to hear more about that class. I know we're going to have Adam Boyce on the show probably next episode. Yeah, we're going to try and get him on. He's uh, he's a busy dude, but I kind of I kind of stepped on his toes, you know, while we were teaching that class Friday too get him involved because we like Adam. Awesome. So, so what was this class about and what did you guys kind of go over since you didn't shoot any live ammo? Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a problem in the small gym that we were in. But, uh, um, first, yeah, I, actually I'm going to give a shout out real quick. So if, if you're ever in Idaho falls or you're coming to this area and you do jujitsu, um, come check out, uh, my friends, over at Vibe Jiu-Jitsu in Idaho Falls. They very graciously let us teach that class in their gym. Um, they're very capable black belts. I mean, capable. I'm <laughs> going to have to come and check. I'm going to have to go check that out. I actually have been talking to Ryan Atkins, uh, our buddy Fieldworks, and yeah. he's been training, uh, doing some jujitsu. And the gym that he goes to, actually invited me to come down and do some training with them because I've been talking about getting more into hand-to-hand self-defense type stuff. And so they invited me to come down there. Uh, Actually, the the owner of it reached out to me on Instagram the other day and wanted me to come by. So I'm going to go check that out. So once I do that, I might have to come up there. I've never done it. I was just going to say, have you ever rolled around on a map before? I've I've never done it. And actually, there's a listener of our podcast I'm not going to say his name because he's actually going to come on. He has his own podcast and he teaches jujitsu. He just moved here from California. And so he kind of does a podcast similar to ours, but he talks about the implementation of firearms and jujitsu. Yeah. So it's, it's, he's going to do, I want to do some training with him as well. So, yeah. And, and spoiler alert, um, Adam's going to be with Jeremy over there at vibe we're going to kind of be working into that kind of rolling on the ground and, and, and getting weapons out. So it jujitsu is awesome. I I had to kind of step back for a little bit, um, but I still hang out with those guys there, man. It's fun. I just always thought that if I wanted to do jujitsu is because I needed to be a UFC fighter, but I guess not, I guess gunfighters are now getting into martial arts. Well, there's so much cross training that, that goes along. Um, even like back back to that class that I was helping them with on this Friday. Uh, so I, I do a knifely ed, a weekly, not a knifely, a weekly edged weapon class uh, with Adam every Monday night, and and we go through you know angles and whatever and and defense of those angles. Uh, and honestly, even with <laughs> we. we I, we mentioned tomahawks off air, like all sorts of different things, canes, sticks, shovels. Like there's so many different things that correlate with the same body movements. 
Um, you know, my favorite my favorite thing that I ever heard when we were, I was going through a handgun class and we were talking about specifically concealed carry and uh, some things that I like to talk about, which is like what you can travel with. Yeah. And the number one weapon that you can go onto an airplane with, and if you know how to use it right, is extremely deadly, is a hooked cane. And, well, I heard that airports won't let you fly with your cane anymore, but they have a cane that you can oh, get on the Oh, they changed with. that then. Yeah, because you used it, to be able to... Yeah, you used to be able to get on a plane. Yeah. And we're going to be doing some of that stuff coming up too, which I am stoked about. Uh, but we'll talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> Here we go, getting in the weeds again. We'll talk about that more after we talk maybe about this basic class, this handgun. So, so, so class. in this, so in this class that you guys did on Friday, what was the what was the premise of the class? So Adam, Adam and I, have, and Adam by far took the lead on this class. I don't want to make it sound like I'm Mr. Cool Guy by any means, but uh, I, I pretty much just helped the class. I didn't teach the class with him. Uh, uh, this was the very first time we've ever done this. He wanted to implement some of the things that that he was thinking about in there. So anyway, when we were talking about setting up a class like this, it was uh, uh, meeting the needs of of new gun owners slash new concealed carry holders after the concealed carry class. Because uh, it seems like there's a disparity in education from basic handgun or, uh, or even the enhanced class. We really don't get into drawing from the holster or retention or some movement, it really ends up you're shooting from a bench or you're shooting from a table uh, and that's it. And then, you know, and then you meet the, the basic qualifications for the state of Idaho. Yeah. hundred percent. I've always said that there needs to be a bridge between that enhanced concealed carry class, which is, which is extremely better than when we used to just do the basic class yeah. back before we had the enhanced, but Absolutely. That, bri- that bridge between a basic or an enhanced concealed carry class and even the basic handgun class, there's still a bridge there. And then from that basic handgun level to the day-to-day concealed carry, that's, it's really not covered. Basically you get the information and the enhanced on the legal requirements mm-hmm. and it gets you on the legal requirements to carry a gun. But what are those things that you're going to encounter every day? And we've talked about this on the show before, like, What's the mindset that you have to be in to carry your gun? Are you the right type of person to conceal carry a weapon? I mean, what what happens if you get in a situation? And I do you draw your gun or you go hand to hand? And I think this is where you guys are going is that maybe I don't use my weapon or maybe I don't have my weapon on me. Yeah. Where do I go without a firearm? Or how yeah. do I use both? And and we really do a disservice to these because most of the people taking that enhanced class are fairly new gun owners. Like I, I, it, I, I would say 90%. Yeah. From the and, classes I've sat in on and you've taught, I don't teach enhanced classes or handgun classes yet, but I'm working on it. So stay tuned guys. Uh, but I've sat in on a ton of classes. I mean, I've sat in with Terry. Um, I've worked with Terry, Raul Garcia. Um, I've, I've gone through a ton of classes with those guys and I would say 90% of the people who sign up for those classes are new shooters. And, and I would say maybe 50% first time gun owners. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And, and maybe with their expectation when they sign up for these classes is they're going to get a little bit more meat and potatoes, not just the gravy. I I would say a hundred percent. The people that come in here. And I talk to them like I'm getting them set up to go take the class in two days. So that shows you right there. They're coming into me to get a holster because they didn't know they needed one. So they well, just and it's a required in, in most of those yeah. classes. A holster is required, but they never so used they a holster. No, so they have no holster, and they've got to take the class. Yeah. And they're they're talking to me about the class, and I'm I'm explaining them what to expect. And hey, you're gonna if you're if you're going to shoot, you're also going to need a mag here. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. So some of these instructors don't do a great job of conveying like, Hey, do you need an inside or an outside the waistband holster? Do you need mag carriers? How many magazines do you need? They have that basic uh, description wrote down, but then when they come in here, if I know the instructor, like if I know they're going to independence or I know that it's uh, Raul or, or Terry, I don't hand, like, I know exactly what they need. And yeah. so I can say, no, you need an outside the waistband holster. It's preferred. Like, this is why. But they don't, they're, they're really going there because it's their first introduction to training. Right. And, and so now here we are, we teach these classes 
they don't get any retention. They don't get any drawing from the holster. They they get zero. Well, I don't know. Maybe Terry does some some movement, but almost Terry, never. Go ahead. I was gonna say I know Terry goes a little bit more in depth on the on the gun handling side, and he he does a little bit extra there, and so does Raul. That's why I love to work with those guys. Yeah. But uh, like I said, those are the only two enhanced classes I've ever taken. So it's still. If they're getting any, it's it's not enough, by far. Even I don't get enough of it. Like oh, nobody oh, can get enough of it. Um, so after talking to Adam, we we just noticed some some gaps in some training, and so we decided, okay, let's. Uh... <laughs> Gosh, I have to shut the door. Is it that bad? Sorry, Let, the door was open. Let's let's make some differences. Let's let's add some some things to make it a little bit different. But we also understood because most of these are going to be new shooters, new gun owners, we, we can't go high speed either, right? So so in this class, uh, we went through a lot of scenarios. Adam had a bunch of movies or videos, sorry, videos about um, what to look for, some indicators, that kind of thing, which most, most people don't go through. In fact, some students don't even like to watch because they're pretty graphic. Uh, but it's good to see. It's good to see the... I- I love the video. Um, I know that when I, the last time I took Raul's class, he, he has a, a set, some videos that he shows. And one of the ones I really, really got to me was the video of the state trooper that gets into a shootout with a, someone he pulls over. It's actually, I think it's, uh, with the white pickup. The military. Is it the dude in the white pickup? I don't know. He's in BDUs. Oh no. And, the, and, and he shoot and the, and the trooper shoots him three times or four times in the chest and the guy gets back in the car and tr- drives off and goes about a quarter mile before he finally passes away and, and wrecks. And I'm like, and he, and he talks about, you, you know, adrenaline drugs, whatever you yeah. can shoot the person and they continue to fight. And he goes, that guy was shot in the heart and still continued for two, three minutes. Yeah. And so those videos really like drive that fact home. Yeah, I think I think they're incredibly helpful because uh, they see firsthand what the reality is of a gunfight or a knife fight or whatever the scenario might be. Or it could have been, you know, we did just some attacks where, you know, people just are are in in the white, not even knowing what's going on. Um, and after that, we we kind of put into practice what what to do in those situations, right? Now that we know the indicators, let's let's work through some of this stuff and see what the deal is. Um. Then he, he jumped in a little bit in, uh, we, we started with the draw, right? With the draw stroke. Uh, and instead of saying, you're all going to draw from strong hand outside the waistband, it was, how do you guys carry? What's, what's the most frequent way that you guys carry? So we had to, you know, there was a couple of different ways. Some, some guys, we, we had a one, one friend of mine here in Idaho Falls. He's actually a SWAT team medic and he just started carrying appendix. And, and so he was working that draw stroke from the appendix and I've never seen anybody so excited, like a little kid to be able to get a, a gun out of appendix carry. And it's like he graduated elementary school or something. He was so excited. It was just funny watching him. And, uh, and again, in some of those bigger classroom settings, it's, you're going to be, if you are drawing, we're only drawing strong hand outside the waistband and that's it. Right. And so it's, it's, again, it's, it's kind of a disservice to some of these students who, you know, maybe, you know, if they're crawling before they're walking, yeah, I guess it would be strong side outside the waistband, but some people well, are ready think, to carry other ways. But I think, I think part of that is an, on the instructor side for those classes. It's that you, like you said, most of those people coming into that class, that's their first exposure to real training. And you, you can't watch necessarily 10 people. Yeah in 10 different positions. So by, by instructing one way in that entry level class, I understand the reasoning behind it. Yeah, that's true. One, it's for safety and two, it's for consistency in the class. Yeah. And and making the class. Yeah. And making sure that you get those reps in, but you, you only have 90, what? 96 rounds. 99. (laughs) 99. Odd number, but so you have 99 rounds to make sure that you get these people to this proficiency level required by the state, which is there's 
not really one, but as an instructor, you want to get them to this certain point, right? Yeah. So if you're, if you're trying to go to person A, B, and C, and each of them are, one's carrying inside the waistband behind the hip, one's carrying appendix, one's carrying left hand outside the hip, like you're, you're having to change up your instruction over and over. And I, and I see where they're coming from. We want you to come in. And we know it's a concealed carry class, but we want to make sure you're proficient enough to even carry the gun. Yeah. So let's go outside the waistband, strong side. And then after your 99 rounds, we can go more in depth in the basic pistol class, in the advanced pistol class. Yeah. And what should be there is an advanced concealed carry class or an intermediate concealed carry class. Yeah. And that should be standardized within the training community as, hey, we offer this concealed carry class. Here's the bare minimum to get licensed by the state. Here's the intermediate. Here's the advanced. And the instructor should take that and run with it. Yeah. And that's that's really what we wanted to do when we were brainstorming about about things is we want we want somebody to to get more value out of than just like, oh, here you go. You got a certificate. Yeah, here you go. Because this is the place to do that. Like where you guys are teaming up now after the enhanced class or after the concealed carry class, that's the place to do that. That that state regulated class where you have like mandatory points to hit, like that's not really the place to change. Yeah. What do, what do they call it? The uh, what, what do they call the content that you use in the class? Yeah, your curriculum Whatever. or... The, the curriculum. It's that's not the place to modify the curriculum. You need to add to that after that certificate is given out and move progress down the line. Well, I've always I, said there should be a yearly, not not state required, but instructors or say the the academy at independence, they should offer a yearly update. Yeah. So you took you took your concealed carry class. Now every year for twenty five dollars you can come in and do a four hour update to hone your skills yeah. or something. Yeah, I like, like I've that always idea said too. that should be a thing. I like that idea too. And and you're right. Instructors and any class is going to at least offer the minimum. And I hate that word. I hate the minimum that the state requires because to me that seems like uh, you're just taking their money. Because nobody wants See, to teach think, just the minimum. But, but that's I just the that, way it is because we only have so long. We can't keep attention for so long. And devil's advocate to that, I think that it's good to be at, to have a, a minimum requirement. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and have that be your base and you build from there. And that's where, like, I've been in Terry's classes for uh, when he does the legal heat stuff at, like, uh, Sportsman's Warehouse. Yeah. And and he'll, he'll say right there, like, in the beginning of the class. What is that? Oh, it's Bunderberg Ginger Beer, dude. It's so good. Oh. So he'll say right at the beginning of the class, here's... Here's what we're going to go over. Here's what it take. Here's some of the things that it takes to carry a gun concealed. If this isn't something for you, you should leave the class and we'll refund your money. I'm sure that I'm sure that the people who host those classes don't enjoy that, but it's the truth. And every once in a while, they'll have somebody that goes, I didn't realize that that was like concealed carry could mean I had to take someone's life. It's not yeah. for me. Yeah. And you and don't want to you don't want to get three quarters of the way through the class and then realize that, or like you're going to give them this bare minimum and you're going to get the, uh, the certificate. Now, when we offer the intermediate concealed carry, if you aren't comfortable moving on, then that's probably where you're going to fall off. And so instead of teaching the people who are already going to fall off advanced concepts, we put them into an advanced class where just like any other type of education a certain number of them are not going to be willing to put in the time for that education so you're not so now the class went from 50 which is huge so the class went from 50 down to 25 so 50 percent dropped off but now you can spend way more time with those 25 people that are dedicated to it that are now learning how to draw from appendix that are now learning how to draw from behind the hip or now learning hand to hand a little bit of hand to hand with with you guys in this next level class. So that's why I say coming in after the enhanced, even making the enhanced, like if you're doing in Idaho, a concealed carry permit is a requirement to go into this class. Why? Because we know that you're committed 
Yeah, serious. You can feel caring. And we're here to help the people who are serious about this. Not that we don't want to help the people who aren't, but this isn't the class for them. Yeah. Type of thing. And that's what that's what excites me is knowing like these people already got a permit. Now they're taking now they're taking the initiative to advance their training into this concealed carry training that you guys are putting on. Yeah. Yeah. And and you gotta qualify your students, right? Just like you're saying, you don't want to waste time on somebody that doesn't want to be there or maybe just shouldn't be there at all. Uh, well, and I know from this, I do, I've done a lot of training in not, not only like sports, shooting, business. Every time I go to something new, like when I went to that class with Ryan Atkins, I was so out of my element with knife fighting <laughs> that even there was, there was customers of mine in that class. And I was like trying to help Ryan. And I'm like, dude, I'm embarrassed trying to do this, these movements. Like it's awkward for me and I've done all kinds of classes and I'm like some of this like movement of my hands and so I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and so I get it. Like if you try to throw that on somebody that has never done any type of defense training, it's going to be like either frustrating yeah. or information overload. Yeah. And that, that's definitely one thing as, as an instructor, you got to be careful about because you will lose students. They'll just be there in body only at some point if it's just too much. And, and it's got to be entertaining, right? Like you can't be dry. I'm excited. I really want to hang out with Ryan in one of his, his classes. Uh, uh, we, we chatted back and forth on, on the Instagrams a couple times and I need to get well, my ass over there. Here's a prerequisite for anyone listening who wants to take a field works class. Do not come in and be offended by anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, he's a man of great experience and, and been all over the place. And so I imagine and he, he, like myself has very colorful language. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's a good thing. I got a filthy filter, I guess. Yeah. I, uh, I'll just put this out there. I've never had uh, weapons or training aids that were going to stab me in the face be called a dildo. (laughs) So many times. It was on my Instagram multiple times. Nice. Well, he's got to, he's got to keep, he's got to try and keep it entertaining too, right? Oh, hundred percent. And we had people, we had some ladies in that class. One of which was like, in her late seventies and me and Johnny Primo were both like looking over at her going, Oh my God, she's probably so offended. And then she comes over to Johnny Primo for those of you guys who don't follow him. Uh, what is this? That's uh, anyways, I'll, I'll tag his Instagram, but uh, so she come. he's a former special forces guy. And she comes over and goes, what's it like to kill somebody? <laughs> and we're like, okay, you're not offended. We can go on. <laughs> granny's granny's getting salty. Watch out. Yeah, and he, he goes, well, you just, he goes, you just have to learn how to, after so much training and so much, he goes, I just have to learn how to like flip that switch on and off for when I go to war, when I came back. And she goes, oh, so it's just like, you just have to flip that switch. Okay. And I looked at her husband and I said, you better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's going to be on the news one of these days. <laughs> so, yeah, it, but I mean, it's just like you go into the class and you're like, oh, I got it. Like Ryan's up there teaching and I'm sitting in the back. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just said that. And the person I thought would be the most offended was not like came out, like came out of her shell and was like, what's it what's it like when you have to when you have to do this or asking somebody that has real life experience with mm-hmm. taking a life? Like, what do you do afterwards? And he's, she's like, OK, like, that's awesome. good to know. Like, I understand now. And I'm like. Okay. Right on. Good for granny. That's cool. All right. So we went from, uh, we went from getting out of the holster and, and places to carry. And he went through a couple different techniques of, you know, one handed or two handed draw strokes from concealment, which can be a barrier for some folks. Uh, we had one gal in the class, um, that this was pretty new to her. I mean, she's had her concealed for a while and she's carried, but learning how to uh, get that gun out with one hand um, is, is actually something that's necessary. And I never even really thought about, but a lot of times when you say, when you say one hand, you mean no hand to clear the garment or no, no other hand to, 
to do that type of okay. stuff. And it's not necessarily, you might be thinking, oh, injury or whatever. And that might not be the case. Uh, under stress, if we're carrying groceries or maybe are our, our holding the hand of our kid or our, our significant other, uh, we tend to not let go. And so <laughs> we that that leaves us to only one hand to get that firearm or whatever tool we're using out of concealment. And so he went through a couple different options of how to get that out of there, which was, which was cool. Cause I don't, you know, I always think I'll just grab with my, my weekend, get my shirt out of the way and we're good, but it doesn't always work that way. And so we went through, you know, like say single hand or, or double hand, uh, draw from concealment. Uh, and we did go through some basic stuff like grips and side alignment and all that kind of stuff to, to, to do refer. There was a couple of, of noobs, is that an offensive term, noob? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I said, I wonder, it's like, man, is that, is that mean to the noobs? But <laughs> there was, there were some new shooters that, uh, that we had to still cater to. Right. So anyway, uh, and then we just went through trigger press. Right. And, and with the certs, it sucks. Cause you don't get recoil. Um, I right. know there's, there's some options out there. But uh, there is some some definite uh, training pluses to owning one because you get a good trigger press. You still see your sights move if you're if you're doing a, a poor trigger press. So there's some definite benefits to it. But uh, I would say if we were actually shooting live ammo, I bet we would have gone through 500 rounds a student because because we we press that trigger a whole bunch. Yeah, and and the thing with that is, students don't want to shoot that much in a class. No, that, no, they get hard most, most of them get fatigued after about two hundred rounds, and and maybe even yeah. sooner. And and like I was going to say, it's not about not wanting to do it because of the cost of ammo or how much ammo. It's that actually shooting more than two hundred rounds in a class in a day—that's a lot of shooting. That's a lot of mag loading. That's a lot of that's a a lot on your body. Um, so even even if it was live fire, there would have still been a huge portion that was dry fire and cert gun training. So that's that's another good thing is that you just gotta you gotta remember that you carry that stuff over into the real gun. Yeah. And, and you're really, able to do the class you're able to do the class in a gym, yeah. not on the range. And and it was a four hour class. So like it wasn't just fifteen, twenty minutes and, and screw around and we were done. Like we did four hours of, of training. Um, and by the time, you know, the students were, were confident with their side alignment and everything, then we started working on retention or, or, uh, deflection. If they come out with you with a, a knife or even a bat or something, uh, we went through some of the techniques of actually how to, um, guard ourselves or deflect that, that incoming threat, which is definitely not something you do with a real, real firearm. <laughs> Right. It was fun, dude. Like, uh, we're going to be doing some more of that stuff and it's going to be a little bit more dialed in. So in that class, was there anything that transitioned to a knife? I know he's a knife guy. So that's what I, I mean, you did mention tomahawks, but I just want to go to (laughs) knives, knives first. So I kind of talked about, I learned this actually. So I mentioned Johnny Primo. His Instagram is Course of Action mm-hmm. on Instagram, and he has been trying to ingrain in my head that things that you stab people with are not knives; they're blades. Things that you cook with are knives. For me, so it's I, just I a messed tool. that up all yeah. the time. Yeah, that's I, good I to guess. know. But so, was but there yes, any blade training in this? Not so much. Not so much the blade training. Most of these. Most of these students that were there had actually taken some of his sev- uh, Adam's seminars. A couple of them come to the Monday night class that we've been doing too. But the the angles of defense, they they all work the same. So I know if you're coming at me high right, I know how to deflect or push you away. Or, you know, using that gun as an impact weapon to the face or to the neck. I will say, I can't wait to have Adam on the show because I want to ask him about his... Uh, tactical dancing that they do in those classes i always see these guys on instagram doing all this like shit with their hands and all i can think about is you're not going to get your arms all cut to shit doing that well (laughs) it's it's not always that way like it's not like that one russian dude that does that weird thing 
all the time. Uh, or you think of Doug Marqueda. Sometimes he does some crazy Filipino stuff. And and some of this is based off Filipino martial arts, but it's, uh, dude, it's so much fun. It's, uh, good grief. My house is caving in. I don't know if you heard that or not. Oh, it sounded like there was somebody rollerblading upstairs. I don't know if it's the dog playing with stuff upstairs or what. Good grief. Uh, but it's, it's, it was fun to, to uh, be able to kind of train outside of the box, if you will. Being able to do something different with students that uh, are hungering after something different. Because, you know, they could go to the range here or a dozen other instructors here in the eastern Idaho and and do handgun training. But there's nobody that's doing, uh, you know, intermediate stuff like, like this, which is good. It's good for us. Yeah, Absolutely. So we've, we've touched on it a few times and I, I want to hear about these tomahawks. <laughs> What's going on with tomahawks? When are you guys going to do, like, are you guys going to do it at the, I mean like this? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so like, is this hand to hand tomahawk training? Like you guys going to have like some native Americans come in and like teach that, or is it going to be throwing? Like, dude, if you, you guys, if any of our listeners know of some traditional uh, native American martial arts, Please email me, please. Because, so again, a lot of these movements correlate no matter what tool you're using, whether it's a cane or Kelly sticks or a knife or whatever, a crowbar, a lot of this, a lot of these movements are exactly the same. And once you understand the movements, the tool can be pretty dynamic, which is awesome. But, uh, the things you can do with a tomahawk, I mean, other than the obvious, like, massive destruction to the face or chest or whatever. Like you think of the Patriot, like when he goes crazy on the British dude after kidnapping his son, I'm not talking like that kind of stuff, but actually being able to use it as a, as a tool to hook, you know, hook the hand out of the way of, you know, somebody swinging something at you. You can't just chop the hand off. Well, you could, (laughs) but if, if you're using it in a defensive situation, you have to articulate and meet it with the same level of force, right? Do you know that there's actually a tomahawk throwing league? I saw it on ESPN a couple weeks ago with my son. We were out having lunch. Maybe we should join the tomahawk throwing league. Those guys are deadly accurate. It's like they're it's like they're playing darts with tomahawks. Maybe I should learn how to throw. Yeah, and I mean there and uh, there must not be any type of regulation for what actual axe you're able to use because so that's it's not, the game. They can like just take whatever you want. Like they're just like whatever you can throw the best, I guess, because one guy had like this little mini hatchet, another guy had like the Irwin like hammer with the <laughs> hatchet on the back. Like that's what he was throwing. I would I would think there'd be like weight restrictions or I, I don't know how they do it. I was just blown away because it was on ESPN. I was watching baseball on one TV. Tomahawk throw. I did an Instagram story. I was like, I can't choose what to watch. It was like UFC, baseball, and tomahawk throwing all on the three TVs behind the counter. I was like, I, I don't know where to look. Well, you can turn baseball off because it's getting uh, political. I, still, I know, but I still like baseball. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I have yeah. to like it because I'm, I'm trying to learn baseball for my son. Fair enough. Just had that's his, that's probably just, a good idea, though. We just had his first private coaching lesson today. And speaking of training, like I was trying to explain to him, like because he was frustrated because he was lear- he was doing pitching. Like I had I hired a coach to teach him how to like improve his pitching. Right. Well, he's been pitching the same way for the last couple of years. He's thirteen, and so obviously, like the rest of us, he thinks he knows the right way to do it. And so, anytime you're changing that it's hesitant it feels weird it's awkward you don't know what to do and I was telling I was like it's just like when I hired a personal trainer I thought I knew how to lift and every time Trevor tells me something I was like oh that's weird that's awkward but then it takes time and you and you get it so like he's been he's going through that with baseball and after we got done today he was like that was really fun dad can I do that more (laughs) yes yes you can so, so baseball has never been a sport that I was into until my son told me that's what he wanted to do. So now I'm all about learning baseball. So Yeah. But just 
Yeah, it's too bad. Why do sports have to be so political now? It's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be places we can all get together. Well, I'll tell you what I won't watch is basketball. Yeah, I haven't watched a basketball game in years. I I won't even I turn the TV off if that was the only thing on right now. And honestly, I'm the same way with NFL. I'll watch college sports, but yeah, professional I sports. Watched, I, I didn't even watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, I haven't watched the Super Bowl in like five years. In fact, I think we were doing an episode of Range Minded during the Super Bowl. Probably. Like I, I, really, I think we were. Yeah. Sunday night, yeah. It, it means nothing to me. Which sucks because when I was a kid, I loved like I was I loved football. I played football like I I wanted to play professional football, which was never going to happen for a hundred and twenty pound kid. But <laughs> like that was my dream. I think that's why I'm so excited that my son wants to play baseball because at least it's a sport that if you don't make it pro, you can still play in a softball league. That's true. You can still go out and have fun playing football. I mean, they have they have clubs and whatnot, but it's not the it's not the same. I mean, you can't be on a competitive level of football if you don't make it, and it's sad. I'll tell you one thing that I really enjoy watching, and and they play it a lot over there in the Treasure Valley too. Is rugby? I love they do, rugby. They do that. That that's a that's a new thing over here. But yeah, they do. You know what's really taken off over here is lacrosse. Yeah, I've noticed that, and I don't know why. Like, I when I was in high, I grew up here, and that wasn't even an option. Yeah, and I graduated in two thousand and six. Yeah, not that I long mean, ago. That's almost almost twenty years ago. But <laughs> oh, you're still, still. young. <laughs> yeah, so, it's... anyways, back to the training thing. Like, I'm excited that you guys are are going to start expanding the concealed carry classes. But you didn't finish. Where are you going with the tomahawks? How to hook no. hands? Like, yes. Yeah, so... Are we going to start seeing people in Idaho packing around tomahawks on their belt? Well, I think there's still some restrictions, kind of like the baseball bat. You can't just carry a baseball bat around, or it can be construed as a weapon. But if but you I have got a your, permit for my baseball bat, and if you're carrying a glove and a ball, then you know you're good, right? So camp axes are kind of the same for those watching on on the radio. Uh, but yeah, like or if you're a part of the tomahawk throwing league, yeah. Or if you just start taking some tomahawk classes, because Adam did a survey about it and he got a whole a lot of positive feedback for it. So that's in my notes to ask him about yes. when he's starting his tomahawk yes. course. But like like I say, and it's kind of the same thing as with with cane fighting or whatever. Using that hook as a tool for leverage, man, it's pretty awesome. I it's will hard, say this: it's hard to explain without if, actually seeing it. If I'm a bad guy and I'm trying to take your purse. And you whip out a tomahawk. I'm just gonna say, oh shit, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I don't have a purse big enough to carry a tomahawk. No, but some of these ladies do. Oh. I wasn't referring to you. Okay, that's good because it's a satchel. I guess. I guess I did. I did kind of <laughs> lump in that if you had a purse that you were a female. <laughs> uh, but man, even a little hatchet. Like, there's a lot of things. Same kind of principles you can do with a hatchet. That's it's uh, it's just amazing some of the things you can use as a tool. It's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to get him on here, and I'm sure that the two of you together are a dynamic duo. Yes. Yeah, I he he uh, I told him if he's doing those tomahawk classes, I have to come along. <laughs> if he's doing some in Boise or wherever, what state? I was like, yeah, I, I have to come with you. So too much tell fun. me, tell me a little bit about what you guys have going on in Eastern Idaho as far as two uh, A stuff is concerned. Have you have you spent any time in any of the, the stores over there to kind of get the, the the lay of the land of what's going on in Eastern Idaho? Uh, once in a while, if I'm in the store, like I, I spent some time at, at the range over here in, in Idaho Falls and, and talking to the management over there just to get a feel because I like to know. For me, I like to know what distribution's doing or whatever that gives me an idea of uh of a feel for the market that way and there was not a lot of confidence uh with no. mike over there no not at all oh it's not for you it was for me it's probably about your vehicle warranty so i know over here uh obviously when you were here last time uh independence got in that 
order of ammo, the cases of ammo that people were crying about. Yeah. Um, I know that a couple of other gun stores over here have, have done some creative importing and, and made some deals on some ammo in the same fashion. Um, and so there's a, we over here in the treasure Valley, there's three, four, five stores that I know of that have uh, been able to secure ammo from other countries, uh, other, other gun stores, but the price is not that far off from what people were complaining about when we had it at the range. I mean, it's, it's 800, 850 a case, um, no limit to buy it. So I've just been trying to explain to people that, it, it, it kind of is what it is right now. It's not about price gouging. It's if you want the ammo and you want unlimited access to it, you got to pay to play. Yeah. And it's, I, I know what, I know what one of these stores paid for that ammunition and $850 a case for a thousand was, they weren't they're making, making they're making half the margin that they used to make on a case of ammo. Yeah. I was listening. So, I was listening to a podcast. Might have been last Monday, actually. Uh, Primary Secondary is one of the podcasts I listen to once in a while. I don't know if you've ever listened to those guys. Yeah, I've listened to it a couple times. Uh, and he was talking about. Uh, well, first of all, he says, "I told you guys, ammo was going to go up a long time ago, like five years ago, and to start, you know, buying a couple extra boxes every time you show up at the store." Uh, and he says, "Ammo may may come back to the amount that." we're hoping to see, but prices probably aren't coming down and you should probably just buy the ammo that you're getting right now. Cause you're not going to get any deals if you wait. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree with that. And I think that like I was trying to explain on an Instagram post for one of these stores because people were, people were bitching about the price, right? Just like we experienced when we were in the store that day with people bitching about the price. And I said, look, I understand that you guys are upset about the price of ammo, but you have to understand that the price is dictated not only by the supply and demand, but the current market value. And it's just like fuel. When I go to fuel up my truck, diesel used to be 97 cents a gallon. Oh, the good old days. Now diesel over here is almost three or is it three? You got to get close to four bucks a gallon. It's well it's come down 10 15 cents over the last week but it's it's 3 it's 335 a gallon right now. It doesn't stop me from driving to work. Yeah. Like I'm not going to stop driving and I and it doesn't come down like when it, it it has never gone back down to 97 cents a gallon even when we were basically getting oil for free. Yeah. Because we had so much during the good old days of Trump like it was it was two dollars a gallon which is great We're, we got used to it and that's what happens with, with is going to happen with the ammunition the price is going up it may come back down a little bit but it will never go back to no we're never going to see those levels again no and and it's sad to say but just like everything else we we're going to move forward so by calling out the gun stores and boycotting the gun stores because they're going out of their way and they're having to purchase I, i'll just put this out there i one of the, the store that I was coming was Boise Black Rifle. They they cut their margin in half, and Rob, the owner, had to put up a half a million dollars to buy this ammunition. Yeah. So no matter how much you bitch and complain about how much he's charging for it, that guy secured two hundred and fifty thousand rounds of ammunition for. Two hundred and some thousand dollars. Yeah, and then he had to then he had to pay x other fees and and buy other things in order to get it and make commitments to buying two hundred thousand more rounds and bringing that ammo into his stores. So there's that's a huge commitment, and he and I know him because and he gets up every single morning at four o'clock in the morning is on those distribution sites buying everything he can buy. Yep. And putting out millions of dollars a month for his three gun stores in order to make sure that us as consumers can go to his stores and get what we want. So to complain to him or any other store owner that's doing that about the pricing 
I mean, it's a slap in the face. Like they're, they're really doing the best that they can. You know, and there's a part of me that says, if you want to boycott, good boycott them. Cause then I can go in and buy the ammo that you're not buying. So I'll say this. I posted on Instagram last week. I think it was, I went into Nampa and I was down, I was getting fitted for a, for a suit. My buddy's getting married and I ran into Canyon coin in downtown Nampa and I was looking at their inventory and they had some guns that I've only seen at Boise black rifle. Everyone else is out of. So I, I posted them up, sent some people in there and I was talking to the owner and he didn't know who I was until we got into a conversation and that the kid that works for him recognized me. And so we start talking and I was looking at his ammo and he had a bunch of ammo in stock. And he told me, he's like, yeah, we've had this, we, came up into this deal and we ended up with a bunch of ammo last year, but I don't promote it. I only sell it with the gun when I sell a gun and I don't let people come in here and buy ammo unless they need it. So he's very restrictive of who he sells it to. So do you want that? And, And I'll tell you this, I paid last year's price for ammo. Nice. And but that's because you, you you can't go in there and buy 500 rounds. Yeah. You you can't just swing in there every Monday and pick up 100 rounds. Like he he's selling it at a cheaper price than everywhere else, but he won't sell it to you unless he want wants to. And that's his right to do what he wants. Absolutely. He's keeping the price low, which I I disagree with. I think that if the pri- if the price at well, Walmart at one t- is $50 at- a box, then the, the value of nine millimeter ammunition is $45, $50 a box. Yeah. And at some point and he's going to have to restock and he's going to be, and, and he won't be able to not yeah. at that price. So how do you buy, if we sell ammo at $25 a box instead of 50, how do I use that money to restock? Yeah. And you can't, it's, you can't. And, and only people that have really done any kind of retail or purchasing at a large level would really understand that. The rest of them just want to piss and moan that they're getting hosed over. And honestly, those people that are bitching and moaning, they should have probably been buying ammo a year and a half ago. Like, most and don't get me wrong, do. like I'm, I'm, I'm not at all benefiting from this shortage. I'm in the same boat as everyone else. Oh yeah, man, I'm, like, I'm way short. I, I pay the. I, I'm in the firearms industry. I own a business in the firearms industry. I pay the same price at the store as everyone else. Yeah. I, I can't order ammo from my distributors. They won't sell to me because I'm too small. And my ammo connection that I had at uh, Full Throttle Arsenal, Nick can't get primers to load any ammo. So even like, that's how I used to get ammo. I used to trade him work for ammo. Well, now he's like, dude, I'm 500,000 rounds on back order. Like <laughs> I wish I, I wish that I could sell you ammo or trade you. But honestly, at this point, uh, he, he just pays me for the stuff that I do for him yeah. because he can't, he can't trade me ammo. But on the bright side, primers. on the bright side, uh, Remington ammunition is back up and running 24 seven full throttle. No pun intended. Yep. And, and uh, SIG said uh, on a podcast I was listening to that they're building their own primers, primer manufacturer. I, I might heard have mentioned that. that last time. And yeah. I think I think that's a, a definite plus because that's where the bottleneck is. Is you know you can have a manufacturing ammo manufacturing plant, but if they can't get the, their supplies, then <laughs> yeah. I mean brass brass isn't hard to get right now. Uh, lead, I imagine lead's going to get pretty difficult to get a hold of. So hopefully there's some alternate, uh, um, so speaking of, oh, so when I was over at Canyon coin, he sold me this federal ammunition. Yeah. That is, it's called Syntec. Oh, have yeah. you ever heard of that? Yeah. Is I it, never heard of it before. It's the, uh, is that the, oh, it's the lipstick round. Yeah, and I yeah, think I can't remember what that what that compile. I remember talking to them at Shot Show. I can't remember what it is. You see the price on that? No. Where there you go. Twenty five dollar. I'll give you twenty six dollars <laughs> right now. I I mean, anybody listening wants to buy this for me for seventy five dollars because it's specialty. 
<laughs> I didn't pay $25 for it, but... You need to sign it. Autograph the box. Uh, I might get Adam to autograph it when he's on here, but I'm worth nothing. I'm not <laughs> even a Steve Zimmerman. You Be thankful for that. <laughs> no, I... I so, uh, where were we talking about? We were talking about manufacturing. I think... Yeah, oh, lead, or, lead alternatives is where we left off. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, because the EPA and the government's making it harder to harvest lead. Um, well, the nice I thing is, is there's is, a lot of lead out there already. Lead but. is definitely going to go by the wayside because, I mean, look at look at what the the government is trying to do with the EPA. I mean, they're they're trying to get rid of race cars. Like, if they're trying to get rid of race cars because it's bad for the environment, I mean, lead for bullets that's going to be an easy way yeah. for them to put a shutdown on the yeah. ammunition. And and I don't know if you knew it or not, but during Obama, they there was a huge push to close lead mining and and smelting. In fact, I think the Obama administration, I think they closed down like the second largest smelter in the United States uh, for EPA violations, and they weren't going to renew their their certification. So so what? Just just a just a quick thing for us. So what what alternative do we use if we can't use lead? That's a good question. I mean, uh, we've seen the polymer copper compounds that they were floating out. But Ruger had that ARX ammo for a while. Uh, I think Arm had the same kind of composite for a while. Um, I don't know. Polymer's probably the next way to go. Um, I, I can't see some of those solid copper. Like it's fine for defense, but I don't imagine people are going to be using that for plinking because it's. I mean, just I mean, the cost of that's going to be outrageous, and without lead, like, how do you how do you get the the weight? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's some ways they can play with density as far as polymers, but it'll be interesting to see because uh, we're going to see some changes in the industry that are going to have to be made. It's not going to be. It's not going to be a, an option for some of these companies. They're going to have to do something. Man, you're prepared. Look at you. You're flying around, shutting doors, throwing cords. Well, my computer was going to die. So <laughs> I'm, I'm actually at the guys. I'm at the shop today. I'm working on setting up a, a permanent studio to do some audio recording down here. So I figured I would test it out tonight. But Yeah, and I need to make my way over there. I've got some stuff for... Uh, I'm building a reloading bench that I need to take more pictures of for a customer from independence that I need to haul over there. It's going to be pretty sweet, but hopefully here in the next yeah, couple of weeks, I'll be over to be able to come over. And, and speaking of Steve getting over here, Steve is going to take the podcast to the next level and start doing a little bit more work on it. So if you guys have, I have to work. That, yeah. So we, we really want to grow the podcast. We want to get more people on the podcast. We want to structure the podcast a little bit more more structured. So uh, in order to do that, Steve is going to have to take on a role of being in charge because I'm in charge of too many things already. Yeah. And, uh, so if you guys have any input on what we could do to make this show better, people you'd like to see on the show, things you'd like to see on the show, if you'd like to sponsor the show, make sure you reach out to us. I think the email is podcast at iishooting.com, which might change to steve at rangemindedpodcast.com here soon. Yeah. Like I said, we talked about within the last episode, there's going to, there's going to be some changes and some updates and uh, where we want to take the podcast. It's, it, we got to make, make some changes. So hopefully it's changes for the good and, and for the better, but we, we really want to be able to, to reach out and, and get the content that you guys want to hear. Cause obviously, I mean, we, we have fun just bullshitting back and forth, but it's really, we want to have content that people want to hear. I'll say this. I, I definitely want to get the input from the people who are listening to the show because I have the ability and so does Steve to reach out to a lot of people in the gun industry in, in our local governments here in Idaho mm -hmm. Um, even even businesses that are on the fringe of the gun industry, like if you want to hear from them, let us know what direction you'd like to see us go. Because 
I know I can reach out and get people on here if I know who you guys want to hear. So like next week, we're going to have Adam Boyce. Um, I've spoken to multiple people that want to come on the show. Uh, I just got to get that set up with Steve because Steve is going to start being in charge of our scheduling because (laughs) I can barely handle the schedule for my other businesses, let alone adding this to it. So we're going to get that streamlined. Um, And and we mentioned social media. We mentioned yeah, video and social media. Yeah, so we have to kind of rebuild some of our uh, our, our social media platforms uh, just for the sake of ease of use on our end. I mean, it doesn't matter. You guys should still get the same experience, but for our end, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, we do want to do some video stuff. Um, there's there's some fun things that we want to do, and 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 hopefully it's stuff that you enjoy. Uh, we kind of threw threw around some some apparel that may maybe might come down the chain at some point. I hope it does. Cause I have some pretty dang good ideas. So, yeah, well, I well, think they're I'm good a- ideas, but they're probably terrible so, ideas. So I'm actually starting to work with, we're finally going to launch the apparel line for Hoftac industries. And I'm working with some, uh, a company that has 11 graphic design artists. They're here local in Meridian. Yeah. And so I just sent over my logos and stuff to them. And I'm going to see how that relationship turns out. Um, I think it'll be pretty good. I know some guys that work with them right now. And uh, I think it'll be pretty good. So I know we could use them for the podcast as well. Yeah, because there's some shirts that hopefully, I don't think they could sell at the store, but they could definitely sell online just because they have kind of some double entendre going on that's uh, Well, something that I want to do for the podcast, and I've told you this, Steve, is I want to create our own website. Mm-hmm. so that people can stay connected with us. Yeah, I want to make sure that I want to streamline the email and the social media so it's all connected through the podcast website so that all of you guys have a way to reach out directly and a way to find new episodes. Obviously, you can get the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all of those normal places, mm-hmm. but I want to put it all into one place and also have a place where people can go to see who's going to be on the show, what we're going to be talking about before we talk about it and, and just getting it more structured, like I said, and, yeah. and getting Steve in charge because all of you guys want to have Steve be in charge. And the, the other nice thing about doing that is, is if you know who's coming up, you can submit questions that, that maybe you have about uh, the, the particular. Right into, we're, we're using some new software to record the podcast and part of that software actually allows for people to call in if we're able to do the show live. Which would be so awesome. So just like a radio show, you could call in and ask questions or even message in and ask questions while it's live. So down the road, that's something I want to work into where we're doing the, the show at a time, same time. And we've been doing it that way now, but we don't video or record it right. to where people can ask questions as we're going, which would make it a lot more interactive for you guys to listen. But that's all things that I need your input on. And I need you to message us and email us and let us know if that's where you'd like us to go. So with that said, Steve, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, just make sure that even though ammo is difficult, find ways to train, find ways to improve if it's dry fire if it's airsoft, uh, if it's tomahawk, start to start honing your skills because it's worth it. Awesome. And I'm going to take this for a second and do a little self-promotion. <laughs> right now on Instagram, at Hoftac Industries, we have two large giveaways going on. Um, one of them has $7,000 worth of gear going on. It's in three tiers. Uh, the first tier has a AR-15 rifle as one of the prizes. The second tier has a handgun. I think it's a Gen 4 Glock 19. Nice. So, And it's uh, all factor triggers, factor parts. I'm um, putting it on with Boise Black Rifle, factor triggers, uh, Live the Creed Medical, and uh, Whiskey Concepts, laser blade engraving. It's all listed on my Instagram as well as we have another giveaway going on uh, with a Min 2 Mags and the Man Spot. Check it out. Going Min on two. right now. Yeah, Steve's holding one up right now. So that one is actually for one of their new S300 uh, pistol frames that takes your SIG P320 compact components 
and it breaks the frame size down to the SIG 365. Which is freaking awesome. Yeah, it's weird. It uses a 365 magazine with a SIG P320 compact slide. So that one's that one's for a complete S300 pistol. So slide everything is is provided, and then it comes with a holster set from us as well. So uh, jump on my page, Hoftac underscore Industries. Uh, follow those people on the giveaways and sign up to win. I think both of them are. One of them is going until July 4th. Uh, that's the seven thousand dollar giveaway, and then the other one is going to be the end of May is when that giveaway is going to be drawn. So uh, lots of great prizes, lots of great companies involved. I'd like to get the podcast involved on some of those going forward. So if you guys jump in there, comment, uh, tag at range minded so that I know that you guys heard about it on the show so that I can start getting you guys involved on social media. And then we'll be back next week with Adam Boyce. Word. So, all right, guys, stay safe. Behave yourself.